Good evening and welcome back to another episode of the It's Not Orange podcast. And tonight we have another action-packed show as we review the last two games for Blackpool and look ahead to this weekend's huge clash against Stevenage. And joining me tonight are the usual Paul and Martin. How are we doing, Paul? I'm good, mate. Thank you. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Thank you very much. Good evening, Martin. How are you doing, bud? Devastated. Tasha Noakley Booth has left us. <laughs> Yeah, I've had my cry before the pod, mate, and that's why we've yeah. started a little bit later than Thanks you. Thanks for the memories, Tisha. I've let my part <laughs> <laughs> Um Matt's going to be joining us from Stevenage a bit later on. Um, one of the only returning guests for the return fixture because he's just a top guy and he's going to give us a lot of insight into Stevenage as well. So um, look, really looking forward to that. But we'll start first and foremost with uh, the last two games. Pal, um, get your thoughts on the Charlton game. I appreciate after last night's madness that um, this is probably a distant memory, so to speak, but it was obviously our last league game. So we started with Grimshaw, Casey, Marv's husband, um, Hamilton, Dembele, Norburn, Morgan and Colson, and then the usual Rhodes um, and Joseph. Did you, after the Bristol um, Rovers game, obviously it's probably quite expected that Grimmy only came back in goal. It's bit, probably a bit harsh on O'Donnell considering we obviously won our first away game for a long time. But other than that, unchanged and you can't really complain, can you? No, I think you can't really change a winning team, can you? Um, it's difficult to argue for it. Grimmy is the the obvious number one at the club, so he was always going to come back in as soon as he was fit again. Um, you could make arguments that it maybe needed freshening up, which which sounds mad after winning the game, but you can't really argue with it when you see the lineup come out and you see that it's not been changed. So there was no complaints pre-match anyway. No, I don't think there's any complaints at all, Martin. Um, I expect that was probably the same sentiment yourself. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, you know, we'd had such a such a long wait for an away win the week before we got it, and so there's there's no need to change it really, despite the schedule we've had. So. No, no complaints, and uh, yeah, it was a it was a, a predicted lineup. Really, you couldn't really do too much with that. You were one for dropping roads, despite the performance. Um, you know, would, would you, did you still want that? Um, although you had no complaints, but the lineup, did you still want that pre-match? I didn't. I, I mean, it's very difficult to say. Oh, I hope Rhodes isn't playing, but but I think I don't know. It's. I think when you're a striker and, and things aren't going well for you, sometimes maybe a rest is 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 good. Um, but but you know you, you look at his record and you can't you can't moan at it. But I, I don't think it also would have been a negative move to you know to to play somebody else instead of him because we've got options now up front, haven't we? And as as it as it pre- it wasn't his day, was it? It wasn't his day. No, not at all. And. Yeah, we'll come on to that a bit later, but you're spot on and, and I appreciate you not in the literal terms of dropping in, but at the same time, obviously just trying something different and maybe, you know, get Charlton second guessing. But we didn't really give them a chance to second guess, did we, pal? I think um, we opened the game up in the first half, um, especially with with some intensity, some drive. And actually, I actually thought overall, pro- probably for about 70 or 80 minutes of this game, it was Blackpool's best game, well, one of the best games at Bloomfield Road with often seen games where we've won three or four nil, but it's been, you know, we've take, took our chances, but it's been a bit slow. But this game we played with some high intensity. Um, we created a lot of chances and we'll come on to one of those in a second. But it was a game which we had a different side of us, in my opinion. And again, it didn't look like one of these stagnant um, 3-5-2 or 5-3-2 sort of games where we were going to take a while to get going. No, yeah, I think we come out of the traps and we started off really brightly, I thought. 
Um, 10, first 10, 15 minutes, you could see the, the intensity was there. They were looking to get at them and get in the faces. I think we smelt blood because Charlton have looked weak lately. So I think we came out of that and just thought, oh, let's go for the and, jugular and get them. Um, it was just one of those days, wasn't it, where the ball just didn't seem to fall. Um, but no, I think off the ball, there was no complaints really. I think we were getting in front of them, we were closing them down. Even on the ball, we were picking up the triangles and we were, there was movement in the team. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a weird one. But no, I think overall, intensity-wise, like you say, it was there and you can't, you can't ask for much more than that, really. Yeah, Martin, what were your thoughts on sort of the opening? Um, in the first half, we had, we'll go through those stats in a minute just before I come on to a chance that was created early doors. But what was your initial thoughts of, you know, the first 15, 20 minutes from this Blackpool side? Well, I think Powell's right. I think we did sniff blood. I think we got at them. They looked like a team completely devoid of confidence and and belief, even though, you know, the manager's gone. Um, difficult, isn't it, for a coach to come in and make too much of an impact in two or three training sessions like Curtis Fleming had to do. And they just look like a continuation of the highlights that I've seen in the last couple of games where they've just been so open at the back and, and just looked um, sluggish and... Just lacking in, lacking in confidence. It's a key word in football, isn't it? You can you can have all the ability in the world, but if your confidence is shot, um, you play like they did for for the vast majority of that game. But but it looked it looked like they were there for the taking straight away, and and they should have been really. Um, as we'll come on to, we we created so many chances. Um, yeah, they 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 look every inch a team that's down in eighteenth, nineteenth position, whatever they were. Yeah, for sure, and. We, we want to talk about a few players from this game, Powell, a bit later on, but we, we had nine shots in that first half, only two on target. Of course, Rhodes has missed, which we'll come on to, um, and Colson's chance, um, the one which I thought was going to be the opener, um, where it trickled through a couple of players' legs and then eventually got cleared off the line, but looked like one of those ones which was just going to trickle in and it was going to settle us really well. But we had six, six different um, shot takers in that um, first half. Of course, we'd like to see a few more on target. Um, but at the same time, we had the ball in around the box quite a lot. And to have six different players take a shot in that first half probably suggests this Blackpool side is growing with confidence. But at the same time, we're changing ilk um, along with our confidence growing with those you know, three wins. Um, you know, we, we, had, we had players confident enough to take those shots on and get into the final third. Yeah, I think, like I say, I think it's a sign of growing confidence, but I also think there's been a, bit of a sign of a bit of a tweak in the tactics as well and the mentality in the games. I don't think we look as restricted, maybe, maybe the right word. Um, it looks like when we're on the ball now, we want to get forward and we want to make things happen, which I think is largely down to the ability of not, uh, Morgan getting up and getting in around Dembele to help make things happen. But I have to give quite a lot of credit to Colson as well because I really like him. I think when he's coming to the team, he's, he's added a bit of balance and pace and ability to get onto the ball. Um, and obviously with CJ being on the other side, who, all right, his ability isn't great, but CJ stretches the team and he pushes things out wide to the right. Colson just seems to be stretching out to the left and it opens up that space in the middle for the for the midfielders. And so, yeah, I think a tweak in tactics, maybe a, a bit of growth in confidence. Um, but yeah, like I say, six shot takers in the first half, it's a massive difference to what we were talking about, what, a month ago. Um, so yeah, you have to give the players credit for that, really. Yeah, just to add to what Powell said, um, Mark, Colson clearly is a different player, different athlete to to Hamilton, um, but he seems to have a lot of impact on that side and offers us a lot of balance, like like Powell said, but he 
in my opinion, in that position, I know it's a more natural position for him. He seems to be much more impactful and effective without really doing too much sort of um, over the top, if that makes sense. He seems to have this natural ability to to offer that balance, but also he knows the right time to go forward. So um, he had uh, one shot, obviously, on target. He had four touches in the opposition box. Uh, two out of his three dribbles were successful. His accurate long balls was 50%. Recovered the ball five times. Um, ground jewels, one was 60%, and aerial jewels was 75 But he also offers that attack and threat with with um, with those shots, and he should have opened the score. And if it wasn't for a last-minute sort of clearance off the line, he's come in and he's really settled this team down. And I think we'll come on to the signings and potentially what's going to happen a bit later on. But without being over the top, he's, he's quietly assured um, signing from the Blackpool board. And you've got to give them credit for that. Oh, definitely. Um, he, he, he reminds me of some really good left-backs we've had in the past, you know, where he, he has that balance, like you say, between getting forward and and also being a sensible, solid defender. Um, and he has made a massive difference. And we we said at the start of the season that we were all right for kind of, you know, wide defenders, full-backs, wing-backs, whatever you want to call them. But he's probably ended up being better than what we've got. For, I mean, maybe Jordan Gabriel, but on that side, he's he's probably, he is ahead of Lions. If you were picking a league lineup, he'd be ahead of Lions because I just think he's got the lot. He's also not as lightweight if that makes sense, there's a little bit of physicality to him. So, yeah, he's, he's, he's very impressive. And, and yeah, he was unlucky not to score. Um, and you can see why Aberdeen sort of loved him so much last season. And, and Middlesbrough fans do rate him to a certain extent when he's played. I think he's, he's at an age where he's been there too long and he needs to settle down and go and play regular first-team football for someone permanently. And hopefully it's with us. Maybe at the end of the season we can do something if it turns out to be as successful as it's going. Yeah, he seems to be enjoying himself as well. He's certainly getting involved with the team. And I think as he gets fitter, it's it's one of those players, as he gets fitter, you're going to see a much better better player with a better end product as well. So some real shining light sort of signs from, from Colson. But like, like, like Powell said, and like we've said sort of first couple of weeks, he's offered that really nice balance to the team and it's another option for sure. So um, we'll talk about that first half. It is hard, um, Ryan, to, to not talk about Jordan Rhodes now. Clearly, second top goal scorer in the league. Um, I think a certain Jamie Reid um, for Stevenage is now climbing those ranks. Uh, so, yeah, got a big clash on Saturday in, in many ways, um, especially with the front men. But he's obviously started the season really well. And every striker has this spell where they don't go on to score goals. And Jordan Rhodes, for me, hasn't worried me. He's still, he's still got that threat about him, no doubt. But at the same time, are there warning signs around Rhodes in his performance? Do you think he's tired? Do you think he's just not found that purple patch anymore? Yeah, what do you think it is? Because he's, he's naturally one of the better goal scorers we've ever seen in Tangerine. But at the same time, he's had a few worrying dents in his performance, um, despite still being involved in a lot of the games. Yeah, I mean, it feels weird to be discussing whether Rhodes needs to be rested on the bench when he's just two goals off the top scorer in League One. Um, but that being said, I mean, what is he, 33, 34? I think when he came in, no one expected him to play in 90 minutes week in, week out. We've had a lot of games lately and he's played in a lot of them as well. Um, I just think he'd maybe benefit from a little bit of time on the bench and maybe being brought on with maybe 20 minutes to go. Um, he's just looked a little bit leggy maybe. Um yeah, so I don't want to criticise him too much because he's on a ridiculous number of goals and he's been really good for us. But 
yeah, it's, I think it could maybe, if you make, you, yeah, it's, you could make room for someone else and having Jordan Rose on the bench isn't a bad thing to have, is it? No, and, and again, it isn't, as kind of alluded to it at the start with Martin, I don't think Martin's saying he needs to be dropped because he's, he's poor. It just no. sometimes it isn't your time, is it? And he might come on yeah, the bench yeah. to score a goal and, you know, and, and he's in his back sort of thing. But he had a, a nasty coming together, um, which looked somewhat really not uh, something out of nothing really Martin with at the back post but he he felt a knock to his sort of hips and ribs I think um Critch said and um, he continued on but at the time obviously it was much more damaging than we initially sort of thought when that ball got floated into the back post because obviously their player just got straight back up and he sort of stayed down and he's not the sort of player just to stay down unless you know unless he um, absolutely needed to no I think it was difficult really I I, I haven't seen it back I've got to be honest but I think I think that's the incident where people were maybe shouting for a pen. I don't know if you guys can add a bit more to that, but I, yeah, it kind of it, happened well, so fast, so I wasn't I really sure. It looked people, to me like a clash. Yeah, no, I don't think many people really, including him and the Blackpool players, really really claimed a pen, but I think it's one of those ones in hindsight, is was it a pen, even though no one shouted for it? And I think Brett Bowles said pre-pod, it's more coming together, and there's no one screaming for it. So I don't think there's any malice yeah. in it. Just I think the ball was there to be one, wasn't it? So it was... The defender yeah. had every right to go for it, and Rose had every right to go for it. So, clashes happen. It's contact sport at the end of the day, isn't it? So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I don't, and, and I don't want to see him leave the pitch on a, you know, being injured. I mean, if if you know, I would love, I would, you know, preferred him to have been able to continue and maybe come off after 60, 65 minutes. So, any any injury to someone as key as that is is obviously worrying, isn't it? Yeah, I, th- I think he'll be okay. I think last night indicated we we're just probably resting him, but I don't want to ever relive this moment um, because I actually think Tash and Oakley Booth would have scored this opportunity. Um, Bow <laughs> when the ball got booted, their keeper looked um, a, a bag of nerves for most of the game, and Rose did his job by closing them down and like Blackpool do, put pressure on the keeper from the kick, and it was one of these rare moments in football where the kick actually hits the striker, and you think. Hello, one nil, um, and he scuffs his lines, doesn't he, completely? And yeah, I don't want to compare Tash and Oakley Booth to Rhodes in any sentence, but it was one of those ones where you just thought one nil here, um, and the whole ground went silent when he when he just tapped it into the keeper's arms, and that was our second shot on target of the afternoon uh, for that for the first half. Yeah, it was. I mean, if you could pause time whilst it was going, I'd have probably put my house, house, kids, wife, dog. I'd have put everything on him scoring that. Um, I watched it back, <clears throat> and I think it was just he sort of stumbled in there as he went to strike it. So it was a bit of a weird one. Um, but yeah, if, if you were going to pick someone in the whole of the league to put it in the back of the net, you'd pick Rhodes, wouldn't you? And he's just, well, it's not your day, it's not your day, is it? So <laughs> there's not much more to be said about it, like you say. No, not at all. Um, we'll we'll come on to. I think it's overall in that first half, it was it was it was pretty decent. Um, Martin, um, as I say, we dominated the ball very well, um, but we were quite impactful in what we did. And it was one of these games where we walk away at halftime thinking, "How is it nil nil?" I think Jordan Hayes tweeted like, "How?" with that ten exclamation marks because it's that one one rare time where Blackpool, you think, sometimes going at halftime nil nil and think, "Yeah, we've had the ball, but not many chances." But total of nine shots, um, big chances, two, 201 passes, um, decent pass completion at 75, almost doubled theirs. So they committed seven fouls. We had five corners, they had none. So going in at half time, it was positive. Obviously Rhodes comes off. Second half followed somewhat of a, of a usual trend, but a bit like the first half, there was a, 
little Jack Russell up front called Alfie May who showed his quality. And although there wasn't many opportunities for him in the first half, they, they had moments where the ball was in the box and he often threatened um, for Charlton. And in the second half, he obviously naturally did. But um, we had more of the ball in the second half and the goal came from the typical press that Blackpool have done all season. And, and it's probably going to be a bit of a wild wild um, saying, but actually, Martin, this goal was one of my favourites at Bloomfield Road this season because we had pressure from Morgan. Um, was Yeah, Morgan to, to Joseph. Who, mm-hmm. Is this or was the other way around? Um, I think it's from Morgan to, to Joseph, who fed it, yeah. obviously the ball into Dembele. And um, probably untypically of Dembele has a shot early doors into the uh, keeper's right and that really said to me we're going to really kick on this afternoon but also it was a a reward for our first half and the energy we put into it because winning the ball back like that and getting the goal was actually something Blackpool have failed to do quite a lot this season um, in many games should I say although we've scored a lot that was a a real nice goal for us to, to score and we saw a different side of Blackpool. It, you're right. I, I agree with you about being one of my favourite goals as well, because when you work that hard to press and to win the ball and you get your rewards, it's very satisfying. It must be for the manager as well, because that's what, you know, we've had spells of this, especially at home when we've been very good at it. Don't always get a reward from it, but um, it is reward. And, you know, all the best team, you watch Liverpool do it, City do it. You know, that's the modern game now is pressing pressing, and, and, and having that work rate and that intensity. You need people to do it. And when you've got the likes of Morgan and, and especially um, Joseph, he was an absolute, he must be a nightmare to defend against when he's in the mood and he's, you know, pressing that high up the pitch. And and, and it, it was just, I was a bit surprised to see Dembele finish because unfortunately Dembele, I think, will go through his career never being a great finisher. Players like him very rarely are. They're frustrating, but he's not a great finisher. But that was a good finish. Um, and yeah, it was, it was a great goal. Um, and really, they should have gone on and got more. Yeah, no, absolutely, I agree. Um, to a couple more minutes on this game before we move on to five ten minutes on Bolton Powell, um, we started to let them in a little bit, and it was it was uh, probably one of the worst goals we've conceded this season, in my opinion. Um, not only because it was an own goal, but we had some poor defending. Letting I think I don't want to blame CJ completely, but he let Alfie make it get the ball way too much and way too comfortable. We should have laid into him a little bit. I know he's in the box, but should have put a lot more pressure on him. And it was one of those ones where you're going to let him have that much room. He's going to turn and have a shot. And obviously it took a couple of deflections and Marv tried to block it, but at the same time he's diverted it into the goal. And you kind of thought they, they probably deserved it in some respects for the, you know, after taking that much of a battering in the first half. I know the goal comes out of nothing, but they stuck within their game and that's always the consequence to, to not having two or three goals on the board in a game where you've dominated that much. Yeah, I think it was just... I think the players started to think... Well, they looked like they started to think maybe it wasn't their day. I think the confidence, you could sort of see it draining out of them a little bit, thinking that it's not going to happen. Um, like I say, C- CJ would not being strong, strong enough in the tackle, it's sort of a summary of the season, really, isn't it? And there's anything that you'd want to say about CJ in terms of the flaws, that's probably one of the biggest ones. Uh, so, yeah, I think you probably could have done better, even just getting tight to your man and not letting him turn to have that shot to begin with. It's the basics, really, of defending your 18-yard box. Um, Marv trying to clear it. It was a bit of a sloppy swing at the ball, I thought. Probably stretching. I don't think he was ever going to get his foot around it to be able to clear it away from danger. Uh, so there's the argument of, do you leave it, do you not? But I suppose it depends as 
it's hard to blame Marvs, isn't it? But as a defender, yeah. the, he's had a shot, he's stuck his leg out, and it is probably lackadaisical, and it is probably on hindsight, you know, a mistake in some respects. But it's hard for me to sit here and say that with conviction because at the time you were just like, oh, for, you know, for God's sake, it's, it's, yeah, it's a rubbish goal to concede. You can't just pin it on Marv and just start slugging no, it. It's, it's, just, it's more it's just a catalog of errors, and it's, yeah. it's the dropping off, it's the the intensity dropping, it's the confidence seeming to drop and it's just, it, it probably sums us up to be five a season in terms of the one half and then the other. Um, so yeah, it was frustrating. I think I think probably the whole ground expected that to happen at some point, especially after the chances that we'd missed. Uh, so yeah, it was, it was just one of them, I think, wasn't it? Sort of close the book and on to the next. Yeah, and we'll come on to that next game before, but I just want to get both your thoughts very, very quickly on any standout performance from this game. Um, Mark, I'll start with you. Um, there's some highlights for me, Colson, um, Morgan's, although maybe it wasn't fit, you know, on when looking at the game, it maybe wasn't his best game because he didn't, you know, he didn't score or what have you, but it was, you know, he actually underlying stats should suggest he was still excellent in the middle. And I think Norburn, considering how many minutes he's played after injury, along with Dembele, would find that balance really well in midfield. But who, who shined for you in this game? It, you've, you've actually just said him, Norburn. I think I think it, he impressed me. I think he is improving, isn't he? I think, what, six weeks ago, we were, I was very critical of him saying what a disappointing signing he is, considering the level that we know he can play at. But I think now we're seeing what we what we were expecting, and I thought he controlled the, the midfield really well, um, and Joseph as well, um, and and Casey as well um, for the for the vast well for all of the game really was was extremely solid. Just underlying that he is our best centre half, without question, in my opinion. Yeah, and I actually said come away from this game I was more frustrated at the the scoreline rather than the performance um, power because I actually thought this is one of our best performances of the season at Boomford Road and of of course the season because we haven't had many highlights away so for me it was the the foundations of building still on this run we're still unbeaten obviously after yesterday as well as four or five games now unbeaten and we are building a little bit of momentum we're that little bit closer after these run of games and obviously these next two probably can't be can't really be underlined enough to say how big these two games are in my opinion because you know we all say these next six these next seven these next eight but these next two really personify how important sort of our playoff run is going to be if, if we can come out of it with four or six points and that will show how I think how much we really want it I know football's a funny game we can play really well and not win but we need these two results in these next couple of league games but the game for me against Charlton surmised really was really really good and if it was 3-0 before they scored their first and we would have walked away from Bloomfield Road saying we're really on to something here so for me the performance doesn't change despite the result yeah um I think at the time when I come away from the game, I, I thought we played well, but I thought in parts we looked a little bit leggy and laboured, laboured like. But overall, I think we we did well. The standouts, I said it before, Colson was really good. Joseph again, who we just seem to be, keep talking about at the moment. Uh, Norman had a good game, like Mark says, and Casey as well. Um, but yeah, I think the the groundworks are there, aren't they? The foundations are there to build up from. We seem to have just notched it up a little bit in recent games over the last couple of weeks. Um, slight tweak in tactics, like I mentioned before. Um, so yeah, I think there's definitely something to build on. Next couple of games, like you say, are, are season defining. I think we need four points realistically minimum 
if we want to yeah. come to the end of February. I mean, we've got more games after that as well, big important games. But four from the next two, I think, is a bare minimum. I think if we want to be in touching distance of playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. And I think last night, um, not that I want to gloss over it, but we'll, we'll do we'll do five or so minutes on the performance and and where we thought the highlights were before we before we introduce Matt, but. Um, Martin, I'll come to you. Um, O'Donnell, Lyons, Connolly, Gabriel, Pennington, Casey, um, Dembele, Virtue, Norburn, Sonny Carey, and Shane Lavery. Um, obviously, a few names being dropped um, or, or rested. Um, obviously, mixing it up for the cup. Um, but the perform, uh, sorry, the um, lineup overall, in my opinion, maybe apart from a couple of ed- additions, um, the likes of Kerry and Connolly, who haven't been up to scratch since we've been moving on as a, as a football team. Actually, I really like the team, if I'm honest. I really like the wing-backs. Um, I like trying something different, the centre, and and of course, up front was slightly different as well with 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 Rhodes not being in there. So a start for Lavery and, and a few others. But initially, what were your thoughts when you saw the lineup? Um, I was pr- maybe a bit surprised to see Dembele start. I think it, it just underlines how important he is and how we don't have anybody else who can do what he does. Um, but no, I wasn't displeased with the lineup. Um, you're right about, about you know, there's no way, well, actually, I can't say that, but in a league game, there's no way that Carey, I don't think he's starting right now. No chance whatsoever. Um, Connolly, you would like to think, has, has done not enough to play, if you know what I mean. Um, he's perfect for this competition, but right now nowhere near the starting lineup for a league one game but um but lions is always good to watch and, and gabriel and I, i'd love to i'd love to pick critsley's brains on gabriel whether he really is kind of undecided whether to whether he's he wants him in the team or not or whether he's just it's it, a, you know like a really slow return to fitness because he seems to have been fit now for what six weeks and he, he doesn't seem to want to start him in the league um, so he's either monitoring his fitness really carefully or he just stubbornly refuses to play him instead of CJ Hamilton. But but whenever Gabriel's playing, I always feel like we are better defensively on that side and I think it proved that. Paul, if anyone's fit in this Blackpool side, it's Jordan Gabriel who played 120 minutes and then he's played, like like Martin said last night, played played absolutely with no bother at all and is still in the last minute or in, in the late, later stages of the game coming back and doing that tackle from behind which won the ball back and sets up for another counter. We saw against Forrest, um, it's going to sound like I'm digging CJ out again, but in this system, we saw against Forrest that Gabriel Lyons um, have show so much um, intelligence on the pitch that... We, yeah, like Martin said, the, the, the words are for me is how how on earth is he's not starting any league game or how on earth as a coach do you do you look at Gabriel's performances and still not include him in the league games? Now, I know he likes this system. I know he likes Hamilton, but this is where the lack of, you know, a 4-2-3-1, even a, you know, 4-3-3 comes into play because with a flat back four, Gabriel's outstanding, even as a wing back is outstanding. The Lions, in my opinion, isn't much of a wing back, hence why Mark, um, Mark said Colson's better in that position. But I I, I don't know. We pick, we, we pick up so many more points if Gabriel starts starts in the league. Gabriel is by far and away the best fullback in this league for me. He is absolutely outstanding he's everything you'd want in a Blackpool player he graphs he's up and down the wing he can defend he can attack he's strong in the t- in the tackle as well 
like we spoke about before with CJ, he can put a cross in. Um, there was a couple of times, I think first half last night, uh, he made that diagonal run across the um, the full-back shoulder. Okay, he was offside, but he's still there and he's willing to make the runs. Um, I just, I was crying out for uh, for Gabriel to get fit again when we when I realised this was going to be the set formation. I just think he is perfectly suited to this system and this team and he makes us so much better. Um, I'd like to think he's fully fit and if he is... I'd love to it, see him on the right. He's, he's, he on the he is fully fit. There's yeah, no way he's not fully fit. The way he played last that, night, you can't be even half it with the intensity he was playing at last night. Uh, but if he's not fully fit, back. when he is fully fit, we'll probably struggle to keep hold of him if, if he's only half fit now. Uh, but yeah, yeah, him on the right, Colson on the left would tear teams apart, I think, on the attack, even defensively, we'd struggle to get past them. Uh, so yeah, yeah. I think he should be the first name on the team sheet, so it's a bit baffling that he isn't, but there we go. Yeah, I'd like to sit and talk about last night's game for a good 20, 30 minutes or so, Martin. Obviously, a game of two halves, like Blackpool has often shown this season, Cameron Jerome should score in the first half. But to surmise very quickly, um, good saves from O'Donnell um, two or three times during the game, especially in the first half where the ball gets flashed across him and he tips it um, around the post as well. I thought he was, again, reassured as a number two and, and could easily be number one, obviously, if Grimmy is out. Um, I just give give massive credit to him, obviously, in the shootout as well. Um, but the couple of more highlights that we wanted to quickly go over is the inclusion of Pennington, who for me makes up mm-hmm. the best back three we have alongside Casey. Mm-hmm. Um, and dare I say in front of Powell, but husband probably is that balance free, isn't it? Um, which is which was what we played at the start of the season. But him and Casey and Gabriel and Colson. Um, offer so much intelligence that it just makes us better. Those intricate passes with the midfield that Gabriel did with Dembele and so on and so forth. And Pennington had about two or three shots. The drive through the middle of the pitch, um, he had mm-hmm. that chance where it fell to his feet and he put it mm-hmm. just wide of the left post. He's a player that hasn't played for a while, come into the team last night and he looks like he's never been away. Yeah, he, we knew when we signed him what, what we were getting. Another another good good player that has played, you know, has come through a, a top club like Everton, uh, I, I just like him when he's on the pitch. I think we just look at look like a better back back three when he's playing, and he was impressive last night and and um, and also showed some some bottle in the shootout, didn't he? Um, which uh, we'll talk about that. But our penalty shootout like shootout lineup was very strange. I thought it was really weird, but you know, it, but but thank thank God he can hit a penalty. So yeah, I said the pen pen uh, order was right because we won. It was a week, couple, of week, right, it couple of the weekers went first, but they scored. Um, yeah. And then the players you expect to probably score didn't. So um, an intense penalty shootout. Um, nonetheless, uh, a couple of more points before we move on to Stephen Nijden Powell. The introduction of another player, um, Kaleen Kouassi, one that a lot of players, if I'm honest, and it's another one of these players a bit like um, Finnegan, who we've signed this evening is when he signed, we probably criticised it a little bit because he comes from Sutton and hasn't played that often. He said he hasn't got much technical ability when he was playing for us initially, but there's one thing he does do really well and it's caused problems and he's only ever going to grow. And he's come back from injury yesterday and he's caused that bottom back line a world of trouble for the amount of time he was on the pitch and obviously slots away his penalty really well as well. So he's only going to get better. And it's another credit to the you know the Blackpool transfer window, if we're going to give any to it, is the signing of him because he looks like he's going to add something different um, to the back end of this season. Yeah, I was quite glad, he, quite glad he didn't start because I think that would have played into that unit Santos's hands at the back for them. 
I think him going off at second half opened the game up for Kwasi to come on and just sort of be the battering ram. Um, I'd have probably reacted to that Santos change a bit sooner and put Kwasi straight on, but it's whether or not he was fit enough to play 35, 40 minutes. Um, but no, he, he's not the most technically gifted player. I don't think he probably ever will be. Um, but like I say, he holds the ball up, makes a nuisance of himself. He ties up a couple of defenders at least at times because of his physicality. Um, and he brings others into play. So he's raw. He's probably the textbook definition of being a raw player. Um, but there's there's signs there to show that we've probably got a player on our hands and Critchley obviously seems to rate him because he said last night um, that he could be, I think he was words where he could be a massive player for this football club. Um, so Critchley obviously sees him as a long-term star for us. Um, so who are we to question Critchley? <laughs> uh, I don't know who would do a podcast and question the manager. Um, Kwasi going to be a big player, both literally and figuratively, for Blackpool. Um, hopefully, and I think he'll have a part to play on Saturday as well. Um, a chance to play at Wembley, um, of course, Martin. Um, exciting, and it's good to see Blackpool win. I think the game was played with high intensity. Um, but the last thing I wanted to ask you is, is Hamilton with no defensive duties and caused a lot of trouble last night, arguably should have scored. Is he an impact player, one that can change a game by coming off the bench and actually having much more positive impact for this Blackpool side rather than having defensive duties as well? Yes, basically. Yeah, he is. He is. He, he free, him, free him from the shackles of, of having to mark people, which is something he can't do particularly well. I mean, like, I think in, against in some games against really poor opposition, he's got away with it. I think in, against the better teams you play and the better opposition, he's found wanting. Um, if he was playing a four-three-three, or or we changed the formation to a four-three-three, something like that, and he came on on that right hand side, free of oblig- you know obligations defensively, really dangerous player, um, and that's why Gabriel is perfect. So Neil, if you're listening, just do it, mate. Leave, leave CJ on the bench. He can do some damage if we're losing. Otherwise, it's Jordan all the way. Who are we to question Critchley, hey, pal? Um, well, we're moving on then um, to Saturday's humongous uh, underline, underline, underline game against Stevenage, who have two games in hands over the Seasiders. And we'll introduce our guest, Matt. How you doing, buddy? Oh, there we go. There we go. Uh, no, <laughs> thanks for having me back on, chaps. Looking forward to it. Yeah, mate. you've immediately opened up with the positivity you showed last time and that positivity hasn't gone away because uh, the section of this is called Why on Earth Are You Still Up There? Because we all thought potentially this couldn't continue when in fact it's actually got better. Yeah, no, look, everyone's, um, you know, predicted us to kind of fall off at some point. And, you know, I've said this all season. I think people have been looking at us and going, oh, you know, when's that inevitable drop off going to come where we, you know, we float away from those playoff places and go into the mid table. But we said at the start of the season, we knew the players that we recruited. Um, and we knew that a lot of the new players we recruited for the level would, you know, were players that had played up the top of the league for the last few years. Some had played championship. So with the manager and with, with the original players we had, who are all league one players and have adapted to the level really well, that there would be a possibility for us to, to be up there. Um, and, We've just been consistent and continued our form. We had a tough patch um, from end of September to the end of October, but we've come through that. We've still been winning games and we've just been very consistent. And and we've we've been doing the things throughout the whole season that we, that we did right at the start of the season. So um, 
it's incredible that we're up here. Um, you know, it's been my kind of, you know, best season ever as a, as a Stevenage supporter. Um, but to answer your question, we've, we've just been doing the things that we've done the whole season. Um, we've got our style of football. We know it's effective. Uh, the away form's been brilliant. You know, we've got nine wins on the road. We've, we've just got one defeat at home uh, the whole season. Um, so, yeah, we've, we've just been very consistent. Yeah, this side reminds me of what Steve Evans was doing at Gillingham in during the COVID season when Blackpool went up and he had the likes of ironically Vadine Oliver, Jordan Graham and a few others um in there and you've 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 got that yourselves like you said you've got players that experience ironically yeah indeed Oliver now um but you obviously likes of Freeman, Walden, Piagiani, Butler they're all players that despite not having the best of the abilities they know how to be organized which is something Blackpool was screaming for probably away from home this season a lot that's evident to our opposite of your away form where we've only picked up sort of three wins on the road and lost quite a lot so you're organized resilient you've got players that know exactly what to their job and Steve Steve Evans is you know a a perfect conductor of a side like that isn't he as he showed at Gillingham and has done at many teams in the past yeah, look, Steve knows how to win football matches. You know, that, that, that's what it comes down to at the end of the day. And and Steve's been there and he's done it before. He's done it with other sides where, you know, how do you bring a team together? How do you, you know, build a community at your club? It's, it's winning football matches. And, and Steve's done that his whole career. So, you know, Steve knows how to win at this level. He knows how to be successful at this level. Um, and he's done those things with us this season. And, uh yeah, it's, it's just absolutely fantastic that we're up there. It's, you know, we have to still keep pinching ourselves that we're, that we're safe. Do you know what I mean? We, we beat Wigan on Saturday, got the 49 points. And we were like, oh, we're in League One again next season. It's, you know, we were all a bit like that. So to actually be seventh in the League One playoff race with 19 players is unbelievable. And yeah, look, Steve's done a terrific job. He's, you know, he's got we've got an identity of football under Steve. He's recruited the... The, the players for the level to to kind of make us better at the style that we play. And, it, and it's been very successful. And I think with us as well, and we were saying it on our podcast uh, the other day, I think this Stevenage team will actually get better. Um, and we saw it at Wigan Saturday. We're, we'd signed a couple of new players and I, I believe there'll be one more come through the door this evening. And I actually think the team will improve in the, in, in the last 19 games. So... I'm very excited to see how it how it pans out and if we can stay there. Steve said if we're there after February, we'll do it uh, because we've got players in the squad that for the last few years have only ever experienced making the playoffs and getting over the dotted line. So, yeah, look, Steve, Steve's done an incredible job and, um, you know, considering where we were 18 months ago, we can't, we can't quite believe that we're, you know, up the top in the League One playoff race. It's, it's, um, it's absolutely fantastic. Yeah, consistency is key, isn't it? And like I said, your bad patch wasn't exactly a bad patch in comparison to what other teams go through as well. So to see you bounce back, I saw the third goal on Saturday, and although it was a class finish, there should have been, the ball should have been cleared about four hundred and fifty times. So a very scrappy League One goal, but one of those ones at the end of it where you're running away in ecstasy. So you're still scoring goals, you're outscoring your XG in terms of you know how stats lie, and obviously Jamie Reed's a big part of that. Big goal, Reedy, as the Stevenage fans call call him. Are you really heavily reliant on him because your, your style of play? is a lot of crosses into the box um, and and creating chances that way. But at the same time, he seems to be getting on the end of them with 16 goals this season. 
Yeah, we love him. Big old Reedy, he's the, he's the, he's the guy. We absolutely love Reedy. Uh, and what a journey, by the way, because when, when we first got Reedy, uh, we were down the bottom of League Two and he'd done really well in the National League. I think he scored like 35 goals for Torquay in a season or 40, something ridiculous like that. So we always knew that he had ability and from when we got in then to know now that he's, you know, the joint top goal scorer in League One, it's phenomenal. We, we, we can't believe it. I mean, it's a good question. A lot of people have said um, with our own supporters, you know, are we heavily reliant on, on Reedy? But we were looking at, you know, goals from all areas of the pitch in the week. And, and you know, we've shared the goals quite quite well, to be honest with you. We've got uh, four other goals for Elliot List, who's one of our other strikers. We've got Jordan Roberts, who's on four goals as well. We've got goals from Cole Pigiani. We've got goals from Louis Thompson. So to be fair, obviously your goal scorers are going to win you points at the end of the day. It's exactly the same with you and Jordan Rhodes. It's exactly the same with with Devante Cole. That's the reason why you got them. You know, goal scorers get you promoted. They win your points. You know, if you, if you took away, I think Jamie Reid for us, I think someone said we'd be about 10th, I think. Um, but it's the same for all the other sides. You know, if you took away Devante Cole for Barnes there, I bet your Barnes would be sitting about 13th. So um, I think obviously reliant to the point of, He's a, he's a big player for us and he'll win us points. And he's won us 14 points or 15 points a season from his goals. But we we are known to to get goals in other areas of the pitch as well. And, you know, especially from set pieces and, and crosses are, are things that, you know, we're very strong at. So, yeah, look, Reed, he's a huge player for us and and we're over the moon how he's doing. And he's, yeah, he's a legend at our club. Big goal, Reedy. We just love the guy, honestly. Every single goal that comes in on your Twitter, I just want to, I'm going to see his face. <laughs> And your big goal really come up. <laughs> With the golf club like that in the, yeah, exactly, uh, in the club. Right. We've seen that so many times. Yeah, I was resilience is a big key for Steve, Steve Evans and your side as well. I was, I was saying to Pal pre-pod um, that after our disappointing result, not the performance on against Charlton, that I was like, at least you know Oxford lost and at least Stevenage got a draw and at least this. And I looked down the list and you've got another win. And I was like, how do you keep winning? So it's... It's, it's kind of like one of these seasons where it's kind of written the stars for you to go on, you know, and whatever happens from here, like you say, you're going to be proud of your side as well. So you come after the disappointing FA Cup result and the, and the loss in the league, you've come back with back-to-back wins and you've got a tasty month from what I can see at the Lamex with, what is it, mm. three or four games in a row at home, maybe even more? Yeah, no, because we've had we've had a few uh, postponements. So uh, you know, a couple of those home matches that we had have been rescheduled for fair. But like this is this is the month for us. Like we've got seven matches, five of them are at home, uh, and we've got two away, which are Port Vale and Derby. And Derby's a massive one for us. But the, the five home matches we've got, obviously yourselves, we've got really winnable games like Reading and Cambridge and Wickham. So Bristol Rovers as well. Yeah, we've got a good opportunity to pick up a lot of points, and you know this is why Steve said, really, this is the month. If we come through this and we're there, he's fancying us to to get in the playoffs. So it's a massive month. But yeah, look, we've turned it around really well. We had that um, should have got a point New Year's Day at at Portsmouth and played really well in that second half, and then we had that disappointed day in the FA Cup. 
um, against Maidstone. And although in the long run, that'll probably be not a terrible thing, I think, in the uh, It's, it's in ironically the long run. not that much of a bad result after what they did at Portmore. Wow. Even, mate. <laughs> I know. And we were all buzzing for that. We were like, ah, oh, there you go. It's not even that bad anymore. Like, um, but yeah, we, do you know what? We got in the car after that and we were like, oh, do you know what? It's probably not a bad thing. We can just concentrate on the league. Like, because, you know, if we'd have gone through, Wigan would have been a Tuesday night away. It's another game in March, a game that we probably could do without, you know, at that specific time. So going out probably done us a favour, but we got that big win against Shrewsbury 1-0 and then had that postponement against Barnsley and one against Saturday. So, um, and with the new signings, you know, it looks like we're, we're a better side. So, yeah, two massive wins um, to get us <laughs> back on track going into the last 19. So, yeah, big month for us. Very big month. And um, I'm excited to see how we do. What I was going to ask you is, Matt, is if if there was, and without being a downer on it, if there was a reason why you wouldn't make the top six, if you could put your finger on something or predict, so what, what would it be? Would it be an injury to, to Jamie Reid or would it be something else that if you know that, that could derail it, if if anything? It would be injuries. That I, think, I think when I look at the squad, but the, the manager's too good to not make it in my opinion um so i think looking at it i think the one thing that would that would probably be the barriers injuries to be honest with you and um, i mean if there's an injuries to a couple of vital players so injuries to jamie reed say cole pigiani got injured who's you know one of the most important players in the squad then you're going into the last 19 18 games or whatnot um missing those vital players so yeah i, th- I think i think the one thing that would probably derail us is injuries if we don't get injuries I really fancy us because we've got the squad depth, the team, the players, the manager, the style to do it. So, yeah, I think in my mind, if there was anything to derail it, it, it would just be players getting injured. But, um, yeah, fingers crossed. It doesn't happen. And also, <laughs> I, what I was going to say as a, as, a, as a fan who's got, a, you know, you've got a horse in this race like we have, if you thought there was anybody that's been up there all season that would potentially drop out, at your expense or our expense, maybe, maybe at both our expense, you know, or we were getting there mm. at, at, at their expense. Who would it be? Who would drop out, do you think? Oh, it's a tough one, you know, because I don't think there's going to be too many that drop. I, I think a lot of the sides up there now will probably be the ones that pretty much stay, to be honest with you. Um, in, in which format, I don't particularly know. But I think really a lot of the sides are up there. I, I don't think there will be many playoff places um, available for, for, for a lot of the teams around. I think it will just be one place. I think the playoffs will be will be pretty much stacked up, in my opinion. I, I think um, I think a lot of the sides up there will stay. I, I've got to be honest, I don't think there'll be an outsider that comes uh, with a run. I know Northampton are doing very well at the minute, but I, I just don't think there'll be a side that come with a run and, and, and get into that kind of top bit. So I, th- I think that really all of the sides that are there will stay there. It just depends in which kind of uh, format that is. But I, I think all the sides will pretty much stay up there. Uh, nice to meet you, mate. I didn't speak to you last time. I wasn't on. Um, no worries, buddy. Obviously, with your team, Anton, you sort of sit in, you do what you need to do, you stay organised, stay compact, and you, you get at teams as well and get in the face a bit of physicality. When you concede goals, though, where would you say you're conceding them from? What's your weakness for us to maybe look at on Saturday? Yeah, good question. Um, to be honest with you, the goals, uh, and I'm trying to think back to the majority that we've conceded, um, 
a lot of the goals that we've conceded, I would say, this season has been from uh, kind of quick football in transition through the lines quickly, uh, where we've been caught. Uh, we don't really concede a lot of goals from set pieces. We're quite strong sided defending and attacking set pieces, so we won't concede a lot from set pieces. It'll mainly be against, well, it'll mainly be goals where sides have moved the ball really quickly through the lines and have caught us. Um, <laughs> when I think back to the goals, but yeah, the, the way that we set up it, it does make it difficult because we can either set up one or two ways, we can either go with a, uh, a three five two, uh, which we've done for well, a lot of the time since Steve's been in. But more so recently, Steve's been playing a diamond, um, which has been very successful this season. And he's gone with the four at the back with the diamond uh, and then Jamie Reid up top with whoever's partnering. So there's a couple of different styles that that we can play. The, the one that we've played more of recently is the diamond with the four. Um, and if we do play the three, I mean, in my opinion, anyway, when we've played the three, we're very difficult to break down because we've got two fullbacks. We tuck in, we make it very difficult for teams to open us up. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how Steve plays that on Saturday. But but yeah, in terms of goals, yeah, I think looking at the goals we've conceded, it's probably goals where the balls move quickly through the lines, I'd say. Probably tailor-made for someone like Dembele then to try and make things happen when he can sort of drift between the lines, then I'd say... Yeah. I was mm. going to say, looking back at the game at Bloomfield Road, obviously it was a 3-0 win, but that initial sort of half an hour where I think it was an Auburn shot, wasn't it, hit that hit Rhodes again, like off his chest, wasn't it, into the goal. Yeah. So um, after that initial half an hour of arguably matching you physically, I know you got a few bookings and it was quite a rough and tumble game initially. We did start to settle down and play really good football against you, Matt. Was that something that... I don't think it's ever going to concern Steve Evans. He's not bothered about who he plays against in terms of that. He won't give that much respect to the team he sets up, how he wants to set up and takes the game to the opposition. Um, obviously, he's fully aware of what he's doing and who he's playing against. But at the same time, do you reckon that's a concern for yourself or any of the Stevenage fans that you know we can get the ball down and, and, and play quite quick football through those lines like you've kind of just suggested with the likes of Dembele, Joseph, who's now coming into a bit of form and Morgan passing the ball about. It's, it's certainly going to set up to be an interesting game. Yeah, most definitely. It's something that obviously Steve will will uh, have his homework on. I would say it's probably um, it's probably more of a concern for us away from home. I'd probably say. Um, I think I think the one thing with us this season, although look, we know our style, we know we're direct and we're intense and we press the whole game and you know we're very we're a very fit team we go until the very last minute that's that's our identity and we've, we've got some of those quality players in the final third like the Jordan Roberts etc to create um, but I think uh, one of the kind of tiniest bit of criticisms I think we've had as a team this season is when we've played some of the other top sides away we've just probably needed to play a bit more football and just keep the ball a bit better and 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 actually use some of the quality players because although we've got this direct style um we, we've actually got some really good footballers like jake forster kasky and ben thompson and nick freeman like these these players are really good players um so i think that's something that we've needed to do i think at home um is where our style oddly because we've got more wins away but i think our style really suits because things are a little bit a little bit smaller, not not as big, bigger stadiums, bigger pitches. And I think we're able to 
um, kind of force our identity a little bit better. So I think in terms of your question, I think it would be more of a concern if it was away. I think at home, when I look at home uh, and some of the top sides that we've played at home this season, I think we've only um, we've only lost once, and that's against Oxford. Um, we've got results against Peterborough, Portsmouth. We beat Derby 3-1 at home, and that was a brilliant performance that day. Um, so at home, when we've played sides that move the ball quickly, especially Peterborough, uh, move the ball quickly between the lines, we've been very competitive at home. So I think I think for us, it's just more of a concern away from home uh, when, when we're up against those teams that move the ball quickly rather than when we play those teams at home, I think. But uh, it's sure to be a very interesting one Saturday. I'm excited to see how it kind of pans out. Just lastly, then, um, I was speaking pre-pod before you come on. I'm, I'm a real big fan of Adeen Oliver, and obviously Evans is very familiar <laughs> with him. When he's back up to full fitness, because I'm, I'm generally making the assumption he's not there right now, is he going to add to that style of play, or do you think he's going to give you another dy- dynamic? Yeah, I think... Vidane, so we've we've had like a little group of strikers uh, and we've got a striker called Aaron Presley who's a, who's a big target man and uh, we call him the press and, and he's, he's done all right, Aaron, but Vidane's like a, an upgrade on, on Aaron Presley and he's just, he's more of a league one striker that suits the style. Uh, and Vidane played his uh, first match for us on Saturday and he was brilliant. It's, it's very odd because... Coming into the game, when we saw that he was starting, we all kind of went, oh, OK, it might take him 20 minutes to get going. And it looked like he played the whole season. He was brilliant. He won every header. He got an assist for Reedy's goal. Uh, he was running at people. He was taking people on. He was he was brilliant. And we instantly went, oh, crikey, he's suiting the style, you know, big time for us. So I really like the way that he got that partnership with Jamie Reed. Um, them two together many times there was balls in the box and, and Verdane was able to nod the ball on for Reedy did for the goal so yeah I think Verdane Oliver will be vital to how we play uh, and being successful in that final third because he suits the style massively and he's played under Steve before and has got over 20 goals in League One so yeah I, th- I think Verdane will be a big player for us for these last 90 matches but seemed like he was kind of up to speed on Saturday I, I, I didn't think he would be as match sharp as that because he's had a bit of a rough time at Bradford but he looked like he'd play, he played a lot this season when he played for Saturday. So I'm, I'm interested to see how he plays again Saturday because if he performs like he did on Saturday in this game, I think he'll have another good game. But um, yeah, I think I think he'll be critical to the way that we play for Dane. Yeah, he, he was a menace in that League One season with Jordan Graham. I think they both had like 15 mm. goals and assists as a minimum between them and they had that partnership. So I think a poster on the wall signing for me is one of those ones that have gone under the radar, but because there's been, you know, there's many EFL fans that know about Vadine and his, his time in Northampton and other clubs is certainly yeah. a handful and you're absolutely spot on. He's definitely an upgrade on Presley despite, you know, his endeavour and effort into your side. He's going to give you a much better end product as well. So mm. um, I'm... I don't, I'm not confident. I'm not anxious about Saturday, really. It's up to Blackpool about how we want to turn up. Um, I know Bristol Rovers aren't the best side in the world, but you know they had a really good home record as well and now lost back-to-back after our win and then Exeter's win. Um, we can turn up and play really good football. As you know, you saw it at Bloomfield Road, but at the same time, if we if we play like we did against Port Vale, you could have four or five goals as well. So we're very bipolar away from home, but we are starting to build a little bit on our performances and, and give ourselves a bit of instru- um, 
structure and intent. So it's probably one of the most interesting games, not only is it away, but it's against a very good side um, as well. And we've got to win because you've got two games in hand over us. So effectively have the ability to go nine points ahead if you win your two games in hand as well as beat us as well. So it's up to us to take it to you and it's up to you to probably continue your home form um, or your performances, should I say, against Blackpool as well. So it's going to gonna conduct a very interesting game Um but have you got any questions for us before before we sign off? No, I just do you know what I've um obviously with me and, and doing the podcast, obviously we do a lot of research on on all the other sides and whenever we um we you know, especially when we play another side on on the week of the pod, we'll always do the statistics and, and things like that. And we were um we were talking about something at our pod in the week and 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 f- first of all, for us the kind of you know, being in this position in the League One playoff race is, is absurd considering where we were two years ago when Steve come in. And I'm just saying to the chaps, I think I think one of the things that kind of kind of not puts us in favour, but kind of goes on our side a little bit. And it won't necessarily to our team and our players, but I think it's the pressure of making the playoffs. So I, when I look at our kind of team and our club compared to Barnsley's, Oxford, Blackpool's. I feel that there's more pressure on those clubs to make the playoffs. And I think for us, it's a little bit like, don't get me wrong, our team won't. They'll be, you know, the team will want to win. They'll want to make the playoffs. I mean, I know Steve Evans at the start of the season said he wanted to win the bloody league. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, those guys have, have pressure. But I think in terms of the, the fan bases and, and the club and the, you know, the finances, you know, everything, I think there's there's more pressure on... Barnsley, Oxford, yourselves to make the playoffs. And I was going to ask, is is that a concern for you guys, knowing that if you don't make the playoffs, that it's been a bit of a failed season? Do you have to make it? I think we have to, 100%. I think that should have, that's the bare minimum expectation, I think, going into the season for us. Um, mm. It's like I say, it probably does apply a bit more pressure to the team, to the manager, to the club as a whole. Um, you can sort of sense the expectation as well when the football's not or games aren't quite going our way. Um, yeah, I think, like I say, I think expectation-wise, the pressure is definitely on us. Um, I think it's it's almost a free hit for yourselves, isn't it, as a fan base anyway? Mm. Um, not to be disrespectful. Um, but yeah, I think we should. We were going into the season expecting to be top six as a minimum. And it's just we're expecting to be way. where Derby and Portsmouth and, yeah, and others reside really are more ever present in those playoffs rather than it's up to us now to, to do or die. And that's although it's a Blackpool way to do in terms of putting a run of games together second half of the season. I know how you feel like during the Premier League season, even like um, not Premier League, sorry, Championship season and other seasons where we've got into those playoffs. It's because we've been free. We've been really good, organised, resilient, and we just know how to win. We've had that team which which come together a bit like Stevenage. So we know exactly as Blackpool fans what mm-hmm. you're trying to say. And I, I totally get it as well. And I think you're right. You, you will play with absolutely no fear and we will play with the expectations of having to win on Saturday, which I think is a really fair point. Yeah, it's, it's interesting to see how, how it will play out. I, I think um, I think it will be exciting, you know. I think it will go right down to the last couple of weeks and I, I don't know who will be in, who who won't, but um, yeah, it will be. It will be really exciting. I, I can't put my finger on who's going to be in, who's going to miss out at the minute. Um, you know, like even your Oxfords at the minute, I know that they've had a decline and there's, I know they drew a Portsmouth last night, but struggling to, you know, get, get wins regularly. And so, yeah, I, I think it will be, um, 
I, th- I think it'll be really exciting. And again, for us, it's just like, like what are we doing here? Do you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, yeah, it should be really exciting. Awesome. Well, that, that's it really, mate. We'll, we'll catch up with you on a, um, on Saturday, I'm sure. I'll drop you a text just before. I think me, Paul and Martin will all be there. So we'll come and say hello mm. at some point if you want to meet outside the ground, I think. Um, yeah. To catch up with you in person and, and maybe you can give some of your, of your positive uh unanxious energy towards me before the game maybe <laughs> um, no, I just want, to, just want to say thanks for obviously coming on again for the second time and it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you no guys look, thanks for having me on uh, best of luck for the rest of the season and look, hopefully we both are in the playoffs and we're doing one of these again in May at Wembley <laughs> would be <laughs> nice wouldn't it <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can vision the future right now I mean look, if I had, if I had it my own way we'd go up top two and all that but we'll settle for playoffs <laughs> I think yeah <laughs> we'll uh, we'll commit to a live pod um, in in one of the pubs if, if, if that's the case. Absolutely, yeah. Drunk, drunken pod, more like. <laughs> yeah, well, it might have to start at seven a.m., but we'll, we'll do something, mate. But no, absolute pleasure. I look forward to seeing you on Saturday, buddy. Brilliant. Take care, guys. Safe trip. Bye, Cheers, mate. Cheers, mate. Right, mate. Take care. See you, chaps. Right, gents. Uh, just over the hour mark. Um, but yeah, just want to quickly talk about expectations. Maybe going into tomorrow. Um, it's a negative play social media and I've tried my best to be really positive today and actually I like the sign and um, although not knowing too much about him is certainly one that's going to build for the future today Paul and what do you let's say what do you want from from tomorrow so a bit, a bit of like realistic um, realignment so to speak for the Blackpool fans and myself because when we looked back and we were talking in the pod chat earlier we have, you know, if you go down the list of players we've signed thus far this window, it's probably we need a couple that are going to have an impact on the running more so than we just want three or four signings. Do you know what I mean? Because we don't actually need a terrific amount, in my opinion. We've just gone through a list of players that don't start, and we're talking about one of them being the best in the league. Um, we're talking about players that we're crying out to start, but don't hardly get any minutes in the league. So we and Critchley's probably right. He doesn't want too many players that aren't his and he doesn't want too many players that are going to disrupt what he wants to build. So every credit to, to Neil in what he's saying. And I think last night post-match, I don't know if you both you watched his interview, he was absolutely spot on with what he said and he actually said it with real intent. Um, and I actually felt what he meant for the first time or after a very few times of the season. So... What do you want tomorrow, pal? Like, what what do you think would really have a, a good impact on us? Because ultimately, I know you're not going to tell me names, but at the same time, what what do you think would add some real impetus to our side? Um, I think last I think last time I was on the pod. I think didn't I? I think we need a left sided centre half and a creative midfielder. Just two players that are first team quality, not the sort of players that are going to be also runs or just maybe in and out of the bench as options. I think it needs to be some actual quality that go into it. Um, I don't know much about Finnegan. I'll bow to your knowledge on that. You you seem to rate him. Um, obviously, he's been signed injured, so it sounds like he's going to be a while off being able to make an impact on the team. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I agree completely. I don't think we need quantity. We need quality. Um, but over the last couple of weeks when we have been playing well, I think we just need that little bit of some extra something just to get us over the line and all of a sudden things are looking a lot better. So if I had my choice, I'd say left side of centre half, just push husband a little bit and a creative midfielder. The Moxon mould or someone of that mould anyway, not necessarily saying Moxon because it sounds like he's off to Portsmouth. Um, if the rumours are to be believed, it sounds like we might have a fairly busy deadline day for once. 
Um, but yeah, I'm not 100 sure the name we could bring in. But yeah, I'd say if you okay. Um, I was just going to read what um, a crew crew fan has said about Finnegan. So it took him a while. Took him a few games to really get going, but when he did, Finnegan was a Rolls-Royce of a player, to be fair. Um, I seem to recall him um, began by playing as the deepest of the midfielders. Um, this was a role that he didn't seem to suit him. He was far more effective, playing slightly higher, and it was here that he allowed to showed his ability. He could pick a pass, always seemed to have time on the ball. Playing in his role, he could do a bit of everything. He can run with the ball and beat a man and also score goals. Our best football last season came with him at the heart of things. There was a genuine assumption that he would go back to Southampton and be in their first team at some point this season. Um, he was way above League Two and I'm sure he will do an excellent job. Finnegan also seemed to have a good attitude and fit in the squad very well. I'm surprised that Southampton have even bothered to let him go. Um, that was from a crew fan that watched him quite a lot. Um, so what we're going to get is a football of probably Morgan's type of ilk that wants to play football and be positive on the ball and screams are critically signing in that sense and someone that would probably change if he was at full fitness as well so a promising review there of the player clearly we haven't seen what he could do in tangerine and fingers crossed he's only getting up to fitness and more so than being injured but I know he's just come back of, of an injury but I don't think we would sign him with him being out for the rest of the season or it might be a case if we had to sign him now or someone else would have so a positive potential signing for the future, maybe, but someone that can maybe have an impact so far. But um, hopefully a fairly busy day, Martin, because mm-hmm. it looks like we're going to sign, uh, or should I say sell, Owen Dale to a playoff rival. Um, I'll put it like this. I don't mind Owen Dale leaving. I do mind him. I do mind us doing business with a playoff rival. Um, he is at the end of his contract, so therefore we probably want to get funds for him. There's no surprise there for any football club, but he's a player this season that started to grow and started to be used in the forward lines, um, give, give Blackpool a real swagger when they're on the attack. We saw in the in the previous round of the trophy that he came on and just sort of started to ooze confidence and maybe he knew there was interest in him and he started to step up a little bit. But a player that we, if we're not going to utilise then fair enough for selling him. But do you, do you like the fact that we're selling him to a playoff rival? No. No, ideally I don't. Uh, uh, it is a bit of a surprise if he does go to Oxford. But uh, this is the problem, isn't it? The way that football is now, he's out of contract. He holds the cards. If, if Oxford are prepared to pay, say, I don't know, 100 grand on plucking a figure, you know, it's not a lot of money, but at the same time, He's not going to be a regular in our team. I don't actually think he would go to Oxford and tear up trees and be the difference between them getting the playoffs and not. I, I don't think he's that kind of player. I don't think he's consistent enough. Um, uh, I'd be quite happy to keep him to the end of the season, but I, no, I, I don't think it's the get. It's a, it's a massive game changer, but I do kind of wish he was maybe going to somebody halfway up the table rather than somebody directly above us. But that's football, though. A few years ago, you wouldn't you wouldn't see that happen, but I think now. The power is with the player, and 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 if it's a chance of getting a fee for him, you know he's not playing. He's not playing, is he? So so yeah, um, I, I, it is what it is. If he goes, fair enough. I wish him all the best, but I, I don't think yeah. we lose any sleep about him going wherever he goes. Really, yeah, we play them in a couple of weeks. Fingers crossed. He uh, doesn't haunt us. Um, but we'll be back probably uh, early next week, gentlemen, to to review the window because tomorrow could be a really busy day. And if we've, you know, if we let Dale go, we let Oakley Booth go, we let a few others go, then it's probably going to be one of those um, days where we might get two or three in, and hopefully there'll be players that make the difference because we're going to need 
a strong squad, no matter what lineup we play. And we've certainly got that at the moment in terms of who can fill in positions where we have been chopping and changing. So <laughs> got a semi-final of the cup to think about. We've got obviously a really decent league run ahead of us in terms of make, you know, do or die in terms of the playoffs. So a lot to look forward to in terms of the football and we are starting to build a bit of momentum, pal. So Oxford and, uh, Ox, sorry, Stevenage and then Oxford next. And then obviously you've got the likes of Barnsley, Portsmouth and your derbies to play. So it's, it's all up to us, isn't it? We said it last, last um, week and it hasn't changed, but um, after these last two games, um, you know, round off the pod, are you looking forward to to both Saturday and and obviously the weeks ahead? Yeah, after last night, I'm absolutely buzzing for Saturday. To be honest with you, um, I came on last night on a, on a pretty big high. Uh, struggled to get to sleep actually because I felt like I had quite a bit of a adrenaline rushing through my body because I enjoyed it that much, which you don't often say about the Bristol Street Motors Trophy. I suppose it's not most glamorous of competitions, but yeah, it's it's given me like a little bit of extra spark i think to watch us so i'm really looking forward to saturday Um i think it's nice to have these sort of games coming up not so much the pressure and the anxiety that it might cause cause but given our league position it's in our hands isn't it if we beat them we climb the table so it's better to have these games to play than not have them um so yeah i think it's exciting Um i'm looking forward to it a couple of signings um by all accounts going in tomorrow semi-finals to look forward to hopefully a trip to wembley Two oh, trips. Well, can you really? Yeah, well, yeah, two trips would be nice. I'll take one. Uh, worst case. But no, I think um, there's, there's definitely cause for positivity. Um, and if we can do a bit of good business on the final day of the window tomorrow, I think we're in a decent position going into February with some massive games. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, any, any last thoughts from you, Mark, or are you ready to wrap up? I just agree with Powell. I think last night was massive. You know, it was a great feel-good factor. They 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 packed out that away end, and and I think arrived extremely cocky and extremely confident of winning. And um, we we haven't won, we haven't had a night like that. We nearly had it against Forest, but it was great to, and ultimately that was more important than Forest, wasn't it? Because we got a realistic chance of winning that competition. So I just think with a, a semi-final on the horizon and potential trip to Wembley and where we are in the league, how can you not be excited? I I, I think. I think there's too much negativity. I think while things aren't perfect, good God, a lot of people would swap places with us right now. Absolutely right now. And you're right, the games that we've got coming up not only affect our league position, but those of the people above us because we're going to be playing them. So you're right, if we do the business, we can't really go wrong. And it's just a test. If we're good enough, we'll we'll pass the test. If we're not, we'll have to come back better next season. But I'm, I'm really excited. It, it's better than maybe we thought it might have been two or three months ago. We weren't sure what was going to happen, were we, really? So, no, it's, two or three weeks it's all good. People place. just need to be more cheerful about it all and stop being so bloody miserable. Boo, hiss, social yeah. media. <laughs> uh, considering considering the diabolical away form, we were in a position yeah. where things can only get better away from home, and they have been recent, obviously against Bristol. And obviously we can continue our home form, because I think at home, regardless, we're going to give anybody a game. So... Absolutely. A really nice closing statement for you, Martin. And we'll be back next week to look back at this game on Saturday. Um, all three of us will be there for the first time. I think this season we're going to have a nice meet-up and um, some sober thoughts from me and Pal who are driving. Um, so we'll be able to really watch the game and, and take it all in and talk about it next week. And obviously we'll we'll give our closing thoughts both on social media um, about any signings that go Um out tomorrow and any signings that come in of course um, and how we think they'll impact the game but obviously give our verbal thoughts on on the podcast next week um, 
Who knows, there might even be a double. Um, but um, to a big week ahead for Blackpool, and we'll be back next week to talk about, obviously, the Stevenage game and the transfer window. But from all of us at the It's an Orange podcast, have a great evening. Yeah.